Welcome to the February 2018 edition of Book Plate. Find us on the web at foreveryoungadult.com. Join a chapter in your area or start your own by visiting us online and clicking on the book club link at the top of the page. Don't forget to check out our monthly themed wallpaper created by graphics goddess Mandy C, which is always featured at the top of the page. I am Annie, your podcast enthusiast and uh, amateur sound engineer and a member of the San Francisco Forever Young Adult Book Club. I'm Britt, also from SFFYA. <laughs> That's pretty much That's it. That's pretty much it. <laughs> As you should know, at this point, we divide the book like a meal, and we first are going to talk about our amuse-bouche. A Thousand Pieces of You by Claudia Gray. Marguerite Kane's super smart scientist parents invented the Firebird, a delicate mechanical device that allows for interdimensional travel. Fresh from the knowledge that her father has been killed and the device stolen by trusted confidant and graduate student mentee Paul Markov, Marguerite, with the help of Theo, Paul's friend and fellow graduate student, embark on a chase through dimensions to find her father's killer. (laughs) (laughs) Our next part here is our other cover take, um, significant other or partner. My other is Jamal, and I asked him what he thought of the cover, and he said it looked like some sort of alternate dimension type thing, a wormhole to Russia from New York. <laughs> and I said, that's not New York. You recognize it? And Jamal's like, oh, that's London, because <laughs> we've actually been to London. <laughs> and I said, I realized then I'd thought it, I'd thought it was FF, SF as well, which is misleading since the book is actually set in the Berkeley Hills. <laughs> Anyway, that was my other cover take. My husband, Garrett, he knew what the book was just because I've talked about this book so much. It's like one of the things that I guess I must have repeated enough to have like stuck somewhere in his brain. <laughs> He's like, oh, wait, this is the book with the alternate dimensions and the girl's dad and she chases the killer. And I was just like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, but if you didn't know what this book was already about, what would you think? And he said... That he would think it was a sappy love story where someone either from some sort of developing country or whatever goes to like this dystopian, like futuristic place and falls in love or the other way around. Someone from this highly technologically advanced place goes back to like their parents' birthplace to fall in love. And I was like, okay, I guess that works. (laughs) That's a good one. Our next piece of our meal is the appetizer, which I have put down as Russian peasant loaf of bread. So these are some thoughts I had while I was reading this book. I felt that it had a similarity to A Swiftly Tilting Planet by Madeline Leangle. Granted, I had just finished reading all of those again, so it was fresh in my mind. It's not a new concept like the interdimensional thing, but I did feel like having the dimensions be so similar was interesting and the through line the way they were connecting was a new take on it for me Uh but then also again going back to Madeline Lango Theo calls her Meg Marguerite's called Meg which is I felt like maybe a nod to Lango who knows because Meg is like the main character in all of those books I never made that connection but to be fair I just read A Wrinkle in Time for the first time like a couple months ago <laughs> and listen to the audiobook actually yeah i could totally see that because in the swiftly tilting planet one which is further is it the last one no 
It might be the last one because I think that's the one where Meg is actually like grown up and pregnant and her uh, younger brother, Charles Wallace, is the one traveling interdimensionally and he's on a timeline where he's where all of the characters have similar names and are actually like related to each other and he's playing out a similar story in each one. So that's why it felt similar to this, although in this book we're all in the same timeline it's just that the dimensions have their history has moved quicker or slower which is why they're they're either more developed or less developed but everybody's at the same year right however they're counting the years versus Madeline Lango like he's both time traveling and traveling to like different dimensions anyway that was kind of what I was thinking about was there anything else you want to talk about for the setting in that part I don't think so I liked the the different dimensions like i you know have read it felt like a time travel story even though it wasn't just because some of the dimensions are farther ahead or farther behind like so i thought that was kind of cool and you know i've read parallel universe stories but i thought i explored a lot of things which i guess we'll get to in the next part like jumping into your other selves and Mm -hmm. taking over their lives and all that fun stuff. And the moral <laughs> obligations of that. Yeah. Our other appetizer is blueberry waffles, which is, I put down here, Markov chain is a mathematical theory, which is wh- one of the things when I told, when Jamal looked at it and he saw the character's name, he used to study math. So he was like, oh, it's Markov theory. And I was like, okay, because I totally know what that is. No. I also did a recent visit to an art installation, which included a Murkoff m-u-r-c-o-f soundtrack and when i asked jamal about that artist he thought it was related to the markov chain which is actually can be used to generate music so if you look up what markov is the the theory the mathematical theory can be used to generate music in a now that we use more like electronic instruments for music so i thought that was interesting and i maybe and maybe that was a nod to that situation because there's a lot of music in the book uh-huh and then paul markov yeah, yeah. Huh. <laughs> but i also recommend if people like kind of ambient uh, industrial i don't know yeah, you know what i don't even know if those are the right terms because i'm bad with music genres but markov is an interesting musician artist and his the work he does with the installation is very interesting and uh, i recommend people checking it out okay so the main course lasagna and the ethics of interdimensional travel. Are our souls the same? Do we believe in fate? Those are pretty big questions. They are. And this book is a trilogy or the first book in a trilogy. And I um, haven't read the third one yet. And I've read the second. And reading the second book puts a lot of the things that happen in the first book in perspective. Because um, there's a lot more grappling with the ethics uh, in the second book. And the idea of, you know, if I'm in love with one Paul Markov, if, am I in love with him everywhere? Yeah, so it gets a lot deeper. I feel like the first book only kind of scratches the surface. I had a hard time buying the Russian part of the story. Oh, I love the Russiaverse. No. I would read a whole book set in the Russiaverse. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it felt like an excuse to write a princess story without calling it that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, is it a princess story or is it? But it's like all the things. It's It's. <laughs> time travel even though it's not it's you know sci-fi it's like the love story it's the murder mystery i don't like things that 
can't figure out what they are. But that's I usually don't either for some reason. But this one I just felt like, yes, do it all. <laughs> <laughs> Give me princesses and soul jumping dimension hopping devices. Yeah. And yeah. All the things. Two it zones. Was, <laughs> it was interesting. Now I'm wondering if that's like a nod to her privilege in her life in the dimension closest to like real life. Because even her dimension, her like home dimension is not the real world. That we it's not our in. real world. It's not our real world. Yeah. Because you mentioned in the notes about um the T-phone. Mm-hmm. Is that in this section? It's I don't want to jump ahead. If it's, it's fine. We can talk about it. In the second book, she, she I think, visits our world because she's like, in this dimension, they have something called iPhones. And I was like, oh, wait, that's us. <laughs> I yeah. thought it was interesting because she, in her world, her parents are pretty important scientists. Uh-huh. And then when she jumps into the London world, she has immense wealth based uh, again off of like the her parental fame and then when she jumps into russia she has like even more wealth because she's a princess yeah and i thought that was a bit of a wish fulfillment although i've done the same i've done the same concept for my own life like okay so if i take who i am in this world and what my parents are what would i be in England uh-huh. in the 1600s, you know, or some other part of the world. How would my status and privilege as the person I am today translate to a world where, you know, women don't have as much, you know, autonomy and all that kind of stuff? And so I kind of felt like it was one of those exercises, but it also was like her wealth only grew. And <laughs> I don't know in the second book does that change or does do, does she still always have like a certain status with that um i'm trying i we revisit some of the older dim- some of the dimensions from book one but there's some new ones and as far as i know well in the uh london verse her parents are dead right yeah yeah but i mean they had status before they died and i'm thinking i don't i think they're pretty important people in every verse there's like a war verse in uh the second book but her parents are like high ups in the military and it was like yeah now that i think about it i don't think that part really changes Mm, interesting i would think that i don't know if we would all reach the same status in a different dimension yeah i i don't know how much that translates but i mean the the whole it seems like the whole core theory of this book is that it's all very close yeah. You know, right. Like it's not that far away. Yeah. Like one little thing. There's a whole other dimension where you put on a green shirt that day instead of a blue one. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> but everything else is the same. There's yeah. Yeah. I did have a couple of things with the other part of the Russian thing. She had this line about her inner Beyonce, which <coughs> I oh have Lord. to say, this is it's like black women aren't your spirit animal (laughs) and spirit animal is problematic anyway and you don't have an inner beyonce if you're a white woman you don't have a black woman who is inside of you it's just like that's just a crazy concept yeah and when i'd like to put the kibosh on and then the other part of that dimension that was hard for me was in the middle of the uprising paul as a soldier and her father as a tutor would not take her story as a psychological break you know, she tells them and they believe her. But I would think, you know, if you're in the middle of a war, maybe you would just think this person was crazy and not like telling you the truth about these other dimensions. I had a hard time buying that part. I'm trying to find that part in the book because I wonder if it has something to do with. Like, because how else 
could she know that her father is her father, right? Because in um in the Russia verse, he like had an affair with the mom or whatever. So I think like because he he is also kind of a scientist. He's the one who fixes the firebird and all that stuff. So I think his logical mind must have believed it. Like I don't think it was just purely emotional, hmm. but I don't know. I feel like some part of like his logical brain must have must have been convinced. I think that's giving the male characters more credit than dudes <laughs> usually have. You know, the women aren't usually considered like a faithful source, you know, especially a young teenage girl. Why would you why would you think that they had the truth? I I just that part didn't sit right with me, but I understand why it was needed for the story. I just was like, uh Yeah, I'm trying to find the scene so I can look at it a little bit more closely. Uh, well, we can talk about Turducken while you're searching. Sure. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. Um, Insta attraction. Is it real? And on page 290 of the version I read, it says, I fell in love with one Paul. I fell in love with his unchanging soul. Does that mean I fell in love with every Paul everywhere? And I have my notes say, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't. If you read the second book, like it goes into that idea a little bit more i don't well slight spoilers i, guess, I don't for yeah, spoilers book two there's a verse where she and theo are together mm. and she's just like what <laughs> and like there's a verse where paul is not a good person he's like part of a like a mafia sort of crime family and like the they kidnap her and he like she escapes with theo's help but he uh, he doesn't like show any remorse and so she like is like holy shit like but if i'm in love with every paul everywhere what about this paul and blah 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 that must be like my paul has a hidden dark side and um so it's just i like that it's not super clear cut i was i thought that the book was trying to be clear cut or like (laughs) she had decided i mean this line i fell in love with his unchanging soul okay if your soul is unchanging and you are in love with it then that does mean you love every paul everywhere but that means like the soul changes to me. Like, is your, what is the theory? Like, I guess, what is the hypothesis that the, that she's trying to put forward? Like, is your soul the unchanging part? Cause that's what Paul believes, right? He thinks your soul is the same no matter what universe you're in. And when she finally comes to believe that, then she's like, I'm in love with every Paul everywhere. But then she's like, am I? <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. was having a little bit of a trouble with that wishy-washy situation. Yeah, because I couldn't tell if we were supposed to believe in fate or not with that statement. It seemed like the author was came to a conclusion and then was switching back and forth as if there wasn't a conclusion. Yeah, I think maybe she maybe she didn't really know where she was going with it in the first book, but I feel like the second book kind of like solidifies some of that. And I haven't read the third one, so I'm hoping it ties together even more or like answers some more of those those holes. Yeah. Are you ready to move on to dessert or did you find the part in Russia? Russia first. I found it. Okay, I can see what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> but like, because at first when she tells him, it says, dad looks like he's humoring me. And she whispers like, I know the sorrow isn't my father, you are. But then he goes like into the emotional, like, oh, Sophia never told me. And and she's like, in my dimension, you know, she's alive. The two of you fell in love. She's a scientist. And he's just like, oh, her brilliant mind was wasted on like court etiquette and ballroom dances anyway. So 
I totally believe you, crazy person who's I telling know. me you're my daughter. Also, like the devi- the device though, like right, he has something tangible that yeah. is like not that's true of that world, and he's just like, you know. So there's some like little piece of something tangible and real and logical that helps give him that push to believe her, but uh, it is largely emotional. Okay, I w- hadn't been thinking about the device as a way to make that real. Ready for dessert? Yes, the dessert are store-bought cupcakes and the role of art which was i thought was an interesting way to deepen the story on page 45 the uh, author uses a palette to set the london scene Uh as a way to like we're in this different universe this different universe has a different palette and i thought that was a really like visually compelling way to do that multiple times marguerite's portraits are supposed to tell the truth both opposite of traditional portraiture and i think kind of a nod to dorian gray Right. Like the truth of the person versus like a traditional portraiture is when you kind of do the ideal of the person. Right. Right. And in page 225, knowing the Beatles versus the Gears is what unlocks the mystery. There's a lot of like pop brands shorthands in the book. Did that work for you, Britt? I liked it because I think I really like just like the little touches of how these worlds are different to like there's one world that doesn't have the Beatles. They've got the gears and there's the T phone instead of the iPhone or there's one world that's almost exactly like hers, but like, I don't know, the color of the curtains is a little bit different or something like that. Cause it's like, you can take it as far or close as you want to be from the real world. So for the author, I think it gives her a chance to kind of like play around with different things. Like I'm going to make a world that's like futuristic sci-fi London or I'm going to make a world that's princess old-timey Russia or I'm just going to make a world where the Beatles didn't exist like the Beatles didn't exist but we still have Beyonce (laughs) 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 the only one no what did I say not use t-phone versus iphone well you're saying the iphone comes in later yeah so and that clues us into like oh the that's our dimension the one that she's visiting in this book yeah so the one that she's writing from is not okay cool yeah, I was expecting that to come up in this book, but I guess yeah. it was like a save. I kind of felt that some of the using the pop metaphors was a bit of a shorthand and made it so the author didn't have to do as much work Okay, for some things. But also she's writing a very complicated story, so yeah. I understand using that. But then it, it for me, it just makes it it's like another layer of, uh, well, if we're not in this in the universe as we know it you know you and i but she's using our universe's shorthand pop for all of these signals in the book i just again it was like what am i where am i coming from (laughs) like yeah what universe am i in (laughs) um but maybe that was her intention is to make us feel a little bit shakier in our reality yeah i think i just like that there's so much variety and it really isn't clear-cut like black and white like first she's convinced that paul's the murderer right she goes like chasing him and then she's like oh wait it wasn't him and and we find out a lot more about what's his face the big bad oh (laughs) conway con yeah something like that yeah and we find out more about his motivations like in the other books and then you're like oh i can kind of understand where he's coming from he's not like a hundred percent evil so yeah i don't know it's just it's a lot of things, but I like how it all meshed together. But I could see how it could be like, it's just too much. <laughs> it was just, I felt like 
or like it doesn't have a direction because it's all of the things. Yes, yeah. it was more like that. It wasn't that it was too much because I love sci-fi and fantasy. Right. I really do. I love over the top and like high fantasy and all of that stuff. I felt that it was more like the author couldn't make a choice. Uh huh. But we also have characters that can't make choices or don't make clear cut choices. And now I'm thinking maybe the point is to signal like all of us have some darkness in our soul, right? You know, we definitely in a different circumstance would be different people and maybe not good good people yeah that's an interesting idea and i also like that the characters don't get away with stuff because in the second book they have to face like some of the very real consequences of inhabiting their other selves Mm. and i like that because it's not just what book was it that we read female of the species where Mm -hmm. you were saying that she kind of doesn't ever have to face what she's done. And if, if you just read the first book, it can feel like it. But I really like that the second book like comes back around. It's like, no, we're going to deal with this. Like, this is what happened to this other version of yourself while you were in them. And like, look what you've done to them. Mm. And you've like fucked them up and stuff and deal with your guilt. Kind of thing. Ooh. Yeah. So moral consequences that are so close to home. It's like, actually you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. So, you know. <laughs> well, that makes that makes it more interesting to me i have to say i just like there's something about this that i just didn't really enjoy but maybe i um i tend to be really harsh on books (laughs) (laughs) it's not a bad thing i think it was because it had so much potential and instead of like going where i wanted it to it went these other directions and i was like i was more because i was like sci-fi awesome and then we ended up in the Russiaverse, and i was like like, "Uh, (laughs) princess again so I think it was just my own disappointment. Um, yeah, that's legit. <laughs> that was a large part of the story. Was like it the was like the most part of the story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the drinks for this are Darjeeling tea and champagne. And the part where she like had wished for a brother and like gains a brother and again, the Russia verse, that, that was totally wish fulfillment for me. Yeah. I always wanted an older brother. And I was like, oh man, in another dimension, I have one. And then <laughs> I just started thinking about that. But again, I just I didn't really feel like that drove the story forward at all. It was more there was like a lot that happened where I was like, what is the point of this? I'm not really sure still. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. (laughs) What was it about it that made you love it so much? I think I just I went into it expecting one thing and got like a whole bunch of different things than I thought. I just really like that I couldn't really predict what was going to happen. And it just was it was like fast paced. So I was kind of following like the action but then it's like oh you never know what what universe are you gonna jump into next and what's different about that and i just really like that it kind of always kept me on my toes and that there's just so much room to be creative with it have you read anything else by this author i haven't uh she has another book that came out recently ish called defy the stars that i've heard is really good that one seems like more straight up sci-fi but that's on my list cool yeah that's all i had to talk about is there anything else you wanted to bring up i don't think so read book two cool (laughs) Yeah, that's a great recommendation. I can't officially vouch for book three because I haven't read it yet, but fingers crossed. On that note, we wish you all delicious reading, and we'll see you next month. Bye.